0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. On Broadway Radio is Matt Tammanini.
1: And I'm Art and Culture writer Ashley Steves.
0: Uh, Ashley, I am just a few days away from heading up to New York City, still what? finalizing my complete show plans. I've got a couple uh, press reps I'm waiting to hear about dates for, but I'm getting close it's to locked. being able to finalize all my plans very much looking forward to it i have a number of interviews that i did on monday and i've got a couple more coming up on tuesday so there is going to be a slew of content coming up in the intermediate time while i'm in new york and before i head to new york some of it's relating to things that i'm going to be seeing some of it is not i I did a very very special interview which i'll talk about here in a little bit bit on Monday early afternoon, ties into one of our stories. Uh, So we'll get to that. I also did a kind of a follow-up of a previous story that I'd done on This Week in Theater, where I spoke with Jessica DiMaria and Chase Peacock, who are the writers behind a new musical, kind of working its way through the developmental process. It's going to have a special concert presentation starring Christine Dwyer and some others at 54 Below coming up next week, so listen to that. And then I have two more interviews, which I don't want to jinx because who knows what happens, but... One of them is with one of the original stars of Into the Woods. Mm. I've got that coming up. Mm. Another mm. one is with an Emmy-winning star of Mexican television who is currently, I also been on Broadway and is a cabaret favorite and also a very good friend of Robbie Rizzo's, um, ah. who's going to be doing Man of La Mancha at Oslo Rep, which I'm seeing this week before I head up into town. So that those are both scheduled for for Tuesday. So you'll have all that stuff in the, in the feeds over the next week or so and you can get all of that before you can hear it anywhere else over at patreoncom radio.com slash patreon right, the biggest story as it was on Friday is the fact that as of now, we don't think that the Tony Awards are going to happen as planned on June 11th. As we talked about yeah. on Friday's or, or, or on a, on Monday's show, Grace and I discussed it, the Tony Administration Committee and Management Committee went to the Writers good of America, asked for a waiver. That waiver was declined. As we discussed that management committee for the Tony Awards had an emergency meeting on Monday morning, and they have decided, in their infinite wisdom, to appeal that decision from the WGA. They are going back to the WGA in an effort to try to get them to reconsider. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly know what this reconsideration will be. If they were smart, which they clearly are not, they will do actually what you and I had talked about A- from the very best. beginning. Yeah. Yeah, we had said you have to have a backup plan. You can't just assume this is going to happen as normal. What they need to do, in my opinion, is they need to say we won't have any WGA writers work on it. We will present this more like. A a a ceremony in a in a banquet right, hall, which we even talked it's about be the... too.
1: As far exactly. as like, it could just be presented straightforward, and obviously, it won't be the big flashy advertising show that they anticipated it being. But alas, it's no longer a big flashy advertising ceremony.
0: Well, but I think they they, they can still do the performances that way if they get that waiver oh, uh, approved in some form. Like give the, you know, have people hand out the awards, have the speeches, do the performances. That makes sense. That should have been what they led with instead of trying to have their cake and eat it, too. We don't know if that's going to happen. What I will say is I have also heard from some sources that are fairly well connected that said that the Tonys and the people behind them, which is the the Broadway League and the American Theater Wing. I'm assuming this is coming more from the league than the wing. They are also contemplating just doing this, the awards and hoping that people show up and saying WGA be damned. I don't think that that's actually going to happen. One of the things that they are requesting from the WGA is they're even if they won't approve the waiver, just asking that they won't picket the event. Um, It's much harder for union members to cross a picket line if there is actually a physical picket line. So I think they're thinking potentially if they agree not to picket, maybe people will show up, at least the nominees. I I really don't know if this is possible. it's
1: incredibly ridiculous and so insulting to the matter if that's actually the case. Because saying, hey, don't strike us, we're going to do this anyway. I mean, the point of having the strike is so you notice what you're missing when they're not there. So you don't have these TV programs yeah. anymore. You don't have the Tonys. You don't have a lot of things going on right now. Uh, and you're supposed to notice that and you're supposed to react accordingly. The fact that it's kind of like, well, we're going to do this anyway in some form or fashion. There's there's the the higher up part of that. And there's also the you know what level of solidarity there is from like crew hands stage hands people like that of who's going to do what and when and if there's any kind of overlap between certain positions like there's a lot going on here and i just find it so insulting that there's even any conversation of people being like well, we got to do this anyway. So how are we going to do this anyway and still have writers do it and still have it make sense? It's like, yeah, obviously there's the business side of it. But when your business is at least 50% writing, I don't know how you're so blatantly disrespectful to it.
0: Yeah, and I also am not under the any illusion that even if they did something like this, where they said, hey, don't pick at us. We're just going to do it and invite everyone and see who shows yeah. up. I don't know how many of the unions that are involved with Broadway will allow their members to do that. I mean, they yeah, can't exactly. force people. You know, equity can't force people not to show up. But they can sure do a lot of penalties with that. It's not the same as working on a show that's on the do not work list where you actually will lose your membership. I don't think they can do that for crossing a picket line. But I just can't see a whole lot of equity members being willing to cross the picket line anyway. So, you know, i I that's
1: been protesting things for a thousand years at this point. If someone tells me not to do something, (laughs) I mean, that's generally the case anyway. But if someone tells me not to protest or strike something, that's. Absolutely, the event that you should be showing up to protest and strike
0: at. In fairness, this is a normal process of these yeah, strikes, like requesting that they don't put protest. Like that's a no- that's not out of the out of the ordinary in these things. No, I think in this situation, not. though, because they've already no. had one waiver denied, that them not leading with something that was a little bit more palatable, where oh, there were yeah, concessions 100%. made to the WGA, is what's frustrating. So, um, I've also been told from the same source that we should probably get some sort of decision within the next 24 hours. So sometime on Tuesday, that's not in stone, but apparently the idea of postponing the Tonys and doing them after the strike is no longer on the table. So right now it is either not figure surprised. out a way with the WGA to do it or, uh, you know, with a normal Paramount plus uh, CBS, you know, production of some sort or do a private ceremony because at this point shows need that, that, that promotion from being on the Tony's. And there are a number of shows who are willing to do something in the short term, whatever that might be over the summer that at this point, they're they're not, they're not in favor of waiting. Yeah. Right. And I think if you can probably like, I could probably guess i don't know which these shows are i've told there's been three or four that like are really pushing hard to do it now rather than in september or whatever i could probably look at the grosses and say here's the three yeah. or four shows almost uh, certainly all <laughs> musicals that yes, need this to happen absolutely. I just off the top of my head uh, kimberly akimbo needs it uh shucked needs definitely, it definitely. new york new york needs definitely. it um There's probably one or two others that, you know, aren't popping off the top of my head. New York York probably
1: needs it less than the other two you mentioned,
0: which some like it hot as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, and you're also hitting the summer tourism season where like a lot of these shows have a better chance than others. I don't know that Shocked and Kimberly Akimbo have a chance without the one X number of Tony's next to their name.
0: Yeah. So we hopefully will have some sort of resolution here in the next day or so. And I hope that it works out well for the Tonys because like, I want the, I want them to happen. I want it for these shows and everybody who works on them. But I also understand where the WGA is coming from because they ultimately, even though they are the ones that are officially yeah. striking, it's not like they're being locked out, but really they're fighting for something that I think most people working on Broadway want them to be fighting for. So this again is coming down to with the WGA in the middle. This is the really rich people that run the Broadway league. Butting heads against the really rich people who run the studios, and the WGA yeah. is being put Jailers in the middle. Um, yeah, so it's like the millionaires on the Broadway side versus the billionaires at the studios, and the WGA is the ones, and the the people working on Broadway are the ones in the middle, and are, are having to be the ones to make concessions and lose out on things. But and
1: it's not always. We'll see. The Hopefully, case. we'll have an every, every writer strike, every case of creative striking ever that's that's always what happens the sandwich of the rich
0: yeah all right let's move on to some other news and this ties into the the interview that i did on monday afternoon uh we'll get into that here in a second but it was announced exclusively through variety that a movie adaptation of prima facie and i did get confirmation that that is probably how you should be pronouncing it i'll get to that in a second has been announced and it is going to star Cynthia Erivo. She will be taking over the role that Jodie Comer plays in the show, Tessa Ensler. Um, this is going to still be written by Susie Miller, who wrote the stage play. She's a, she has adapted the script from the stage to the screen and BAFTA winner and Emmy nominee Susanna White who has worked on Women Walks Ahead and and Andor for for the Star Wars world she will be directing it is an all female creative team which I thought was very important and it just so happens that this was announced at like 12:15 uh no 11:15 Pacific time I had an interview with uh Susie Miller and Justin Martin the director of Prima yeah. Facie like an hour afterwards I as we were talking I said to Susie, congratulations on the movie. She said, oh, has it been announced? I said, yes, like 45 (laughs) minutes ago. Um, So she she didn't even know that it had been announced. Obviously, she knew it was coming, but she didn't know exactly when it was announced. And we talked quite a bit about the fact that why, one – she wanted to adapt this for a film and what that looks like. Obviously, if you have seen Prima Facie*, it is a one person show. Yeah. It is not going to be the same for the film. And although it will kind of keep mind some very of the, much
1: the, is this a room slash reality adaptation?
0: Yeah. But I think that's only going to be three people as well. Like it was on stage, yeah, but, so. um, but, but it is going to have a lot of some of the same elements that that internal monologue that we hear in Prima Facie um but she also talked quite a bit about why it was important for her to do it with a black woman at the center of this story to bring an extra additional light of women being ignored she said there is a certain level of you know in in sexual assault cases where a white woman is ignored and then there's a whole other level of uh, of ignoring that 100%. happens when it is a woman of color Unquestionably. so Well, I know a lot of people were on Twitter like, well, why don't you just release the NT live version or why don't you just have Jodie Comer re you know, return to the role. And they I, do I that think too. Susie was, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I think Susie was, was really thoughtful about why it was important to do it this way. So that interview with me and Susie Miller, as well as Justin Martin, who is the director of the show uh, will be coming up in the Patreon feed later today. If you are listening to this in, in the regular feed, it'll drop at about 8 PM on, uh, or 8 a.m. on Tuesday morning in the in the Patreon feed, 8 p.m. in the regular feed on Tuesday, so you can hear all of that. It was a great conversation. Um, no timetable necessarily on when it will start filming. Obviously, Cynthia Rivo is currently filming both of the Wicked movies, yeah, a little so busy. she has a little bit of time. Yeah, she's got some time, but um, very interesting uh, that that show is. I, I can't even imagine uh, how how powerful this will be when they when they get it on screen. So very much looking forward to that.
1: I'm really happy it's receiving an adaptation as a film. I would also love it if they released the NT version um, or, you know, filmed it for Broadway and released it that way as well. Only because I think Jodie Comer's um, performance is so spectacular. And I think that people should see it. I think if you are and that's... A hundred percent, you know, the differences between a white woman being ignored in the court of law versus a black woman being ignored in the court of law. Um, incredibly different layers, added layers. And I hope that is reflected in the writing when they do the adaptation, because otherwise people are just going to complain that it's not Jodie Comer. I think if you do add the layer, you have to write for the layer.
0: Yeah. And that seems like what Susie has done. All right, let's get into some other new-
1: sorry why did you say that it should probably be prima versus prima
0: oh right i asked her i asked Susie. okay she said um she said that um in most legal senses, it is always pronounced prima facie. Yeah. Uh, it, but like in the classical Latin sense, which is where I, I took two years of high school Latin, as I mentioned, the as there is no yeah. S- sound. Yeah, there is no s- sound, uh, so it would be prima facie. She said. So probably if you're like going in classical Latin, you go facie. If in the legal sense, um, at least in Australia and England, um, it is facie. So it, because this is a legal thing. She said go with that, but she said it doesn't really matter. And
1: basically. this is what I'm curious uh, about in general, less about the Prima, because I'm pretty, I'm 99% sure the last time I saw a commercial for the show, they said Prima instead of Prima. So I don't know what <laughs> what they're saying at knows.
0: this point. L- well, let's just go over to uh, the, the place where they speak Latin normally and yeah, ask some native course. speakers. Yeah, easy. And we'll go from there. Deal. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. All right. So moving on. You know what's funny is as I asked her about the facey facey part. I didn't even yeah. ask her about prima or prima. So I that's probably a, a journalistic faux pas yeah, on my Oh, Big part, so
1: error. Take away your yeah. badge.
0: <laughs> I don't have a badge. It's it's a little yeah. stuck in my Fedora hat. So of course. Um, anyway, yeah. all right, let's move on to some other news. <laughs> we want to send out a hearty congratulations to everybody over at the Neil Simon Theater. It was announced yesterday and just over you know Two and a half years not even two and a half years uh mj the musical has announced that it has recouped its 22 and a half million dollar investment that is very very fast um it is played over three of quarters
1: just to recoup yeah. in general it, let alone that quickly yeah
0: yeah it's 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 had over three quarters of a million people already come through the doors since december 2021 it of course will be now na- uh, launching its national tour um, in August, and it's going to have its West End premiere in March of next year. So very quick, you know, I haven't seen it. I don't have any plans on seeing it until it eventually comes to, to Orlando on tour. But I'm very happy for the people that work on the show uh, to be continually employed uh, on Broadway in whatever way they can. In other news, uh, yesterday, the Muni continued to roll roll out just heavy hitters in terms of their upcoming casts for the shows this summer, leading the regional premiere of Beautiful, the Carol King musical, will be a really, really great cast. And it is being directed by Marsha Milgram Dodge, who I recently spoke to in the last six months or so here on Broadway radio. Sarah Shepard will be playing Carol King. She uh, understudied the role on Broadway and toured throughout North America. She will be joined by fellow Broadway cast member Jared Spector, who will be reprising his role. uh, It was a Tony-nominated role, actually, as Barry Mann. Additionally, one of the people who I, I don't understand why she's not more in demand. One of the best alphas I've seen. Jackie Burns will be playing Ooh, Cynthia yeah. Weil and, uh, Cynthia Weil and Stephen Good will be playing Jerry Goffin and, um, a bunch of other people in there. Uh, Noah Weisberg, Sharon Hunter will be in there as well. The rest of the cast and creative team will be announced at a later date, but this show will be running June 12th through the 18th. I don't think I can swing that one and chess. But I'm definitely going for Chasmare to talk to my aunt. So yeah. (laughs) Um, but I do enjoy, I do enjoy Beautiful. It's, uh, it's really good. Like I said, I'm a big fan of Jackie Burns. So, and Jared Spector. So, um, in some other news, this is a show that just feels like it is never going away. And from everybody who's seen it, this seems like a pretty good thing. It was, it's a uh, 2023 Drama Desk nominee for Outstanding Musical. And this is, Excuse the profanity. Fuck seventh grade. It is going to return for another off-Broadway run, uh, at the Wild Project this November from November 8th through the 26th. Uh, it was written by Jill Sobel and it, uh, that she wrote the music and lyrics and the book is by Liza Birkenmeyer. Lisa Peterson directs and this is a show that has been kind of kicking around for a while yeah, since 2018 the yeah. original wild the the original production at the wild project was october of last year then it just finished up i think another run like in the past couple it, of weeks and it's coming oh, back for its I third I it run. In like
1: March or something. Maybe I that's a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um,
0: sure, why not. Yeah, but three, <laughs> it's going to have three runs in New York City in the course of a calendar year. So, obviously this is one you want to check out if you haven't seen it already.
1: Yeah, I tried to see it the last time, and I think I had to reschedule for something else. Um, so thank you for giving me yet another opportunity to drop the ball.
0: <laughs> and you never uh, Alright, so I'm going to wrap I'm gonna wrap up uh today's show with some feel-good recommendations. This is one Um that is very, very cool. If you remember PBS's great performances, we'll be showing the Shakespeare in the Park production of of Richard III that starred Denai Guerrero That is coming up this Friday starting at nine PM on PBS Check Your Local Listings. They have released the opening monologue from the show. Um it's about Two and a half minutes, and Denai Guerrero performs that uh, on the stage at the Delacorte Theater in Central Park. So check that out. We also have um, a couple performances from um, Disney night on American Idol that I wanted to point you to. First, uh, Halle Bailey sings part of your world live. She, of course, is um, playing Ariel in the upcoming live-action Little Mermaid adaptation. And then Tony nominee Sarah Bareilles led the top five contestants on When You Wish Upon a Star. So those are all good. The last one, though is very appropriate for yesterday's Mother's Day holiday. Uh, everybody's favorite mommy, Robin Herter, posted a video of her <laughs> yes. performing um, to Mother by Megan Trainor with her son, Hudson, uh, and her husband, uh, Clyde Alvis, who is uh, in New York, New York right now. And um, it's just, I mean, she's great. Like, a delight how always. How can you not love Robin Herter? Correct. Um, and her son is dancing with her and lip syncing and just... Uh, just absolutely great so if you want to check that out we will have links to all of those videos in the show notes but everybody should uh worship the ground that robin I walks sh- on.
1: Because. i was just about to say worship robin Herder. so perfect yep. yes
0: correct absolutely yep all right everybody that's all that we have for today thanks for listening to today on broadway follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at Broadway radio you can find me on twitter and instagram at bww matt ashley where can people find you
1: you can find me on instagram at no this
0: is ashley All right, everybody, have a wonderful Tuesday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.